I want to kind of address comfort today, because I don't know about you, but we sure could use some. Uh, we could sure use some comfort and encouragement, so I want to try to talk about that today. About It's been about four weeks ago now, I got a phone call from a friend, um, and he was a real difficult situation. He was having a family vacation Bible school in his church. Three or four years ago, I, I, I was the speaker for all the adults in that family vacation Bible school, which incidentally is a great idea. I mean, everybody's there at the same time, and it's, it's held in the evening from like five to nine. And uh, so it was, good, it was good to be there. But this situation was that he had a missionary and his wife coming who had come home now and was pastoring a church in that area to come and speak for their family vacation Bible school. And the man was out walking, the pastor, former missionary, um, and he just died. He fell over and died right in the middle of the street. And uh, so um, Rick called me and asked me if I would come and substitute. So no, no, no offense, and I, I, I know the guy that died, but it, it, Rick, was, Rick said, the guy who was going to speak has passed away. He went to be with Jesus. So I want to get a speaker in here who's already died and went to be with Jesus. And so I said, well, okay. Kind of a unique set of circumstances. And so I did. What I did not know is before I went there, uh, this would happen. If you will go to the first picture. Um, and where I went to speak was in Uvalde. And uh, just north of Uvalde in Reagan Wells. So I spent the week over there last week. And um, it was pretty overwhelming, the 19 students and uh, the two teachers. And really, the husband of one of the teachers. I think he was a casualty as well, if you know what happened in his situation. So this is the school now. It's really a shrine. It's surrounded by... Uh, acres of uh, tributes and crosses and pictures and all kinds of things. And the square in downtown Uvalde is the same thing. It has even more. In fact, you can't turn in a corner in Uvalde without some kind of thing on the corner or 21 crosses or the, the, the windows of all the stores and the restaurants have something in the window. It's just a pall, as you might imagine, over the town. Well, I was honored on Wednesday that the association uh, of ministerial association asked me to speak in the city. And of course I spoke with translation. This is Tommy Larner. Tommy Larner, a longtime missionary to Central and South America, now the director of missions in, um, in that area. Um, uh, obviously beyond fluent in Spanish. So um, we, we, we did tag team. English and Spanish. My uh, publisher was kind enough to send uh, some cases of books there. And so that was the audience. And then it was on FaceTime. I think they had seven or 800 uh, people watching uh, on, on, uh, on FaceTime. And uh, after it was over with, I was in the foyer to meet the people and give them uh, books, both English and Spanish uh, editions. I talked about heaven, and I talked about finding a new normal after tragedy and loss. None of the usual things that I do about prayer and miracles and all that kind of stuff, which are 
obviously very important, but this was something else. This was a, this was a divine appointment. Uh, being invited there, having this happen, and then being able to speak. During the course of that speaking, I met two complete families of children who had been killed, and uh, including their siblings and their grandparents. And then I met the family of the teacher who was killed, whose husband died two days later, uh, going to put some flowers at the school. So it was really unspeakable uh, what happened and what's going on there. But I did have an opportunity to try to encourage them about the reality of heaven and where those children would be. And, um, and also about finding a new way to live when you're never going to be the same again. And so that's kind of where I want to land uh, today. Um, Frank James is a professor of theology, and his brother was um, froze to death trying to climb a mountain in Oregon. And so Frank James' brother Kelly was, was died on the mountain. And here's what Frank said. Where was God when Kelly was freezing to death? Well, God doesn't report to me, but an honest question from a broken heart is a good and righteous thing. And I think it is. Don't we always ask why? Well, of course we do. We, we, want, we want answers. And we know when we ask, if we've kind of been around long enough, that there are questions for which there are no answers. But I want to suggest that when there are no answers, there is comfort. There is, there is another day. And let's face it, with what's going on in our country today and in the world, uh, we could use some comfort and encouragement. We really could. I mean, the death toll this morning is up to 50 for the people found in the truck in San Antonio. I passed within a mile of that coming back from Uvalde. And little did I know that just a couple of days later, uh, 50 people will have died so far as a result of being put in the back of a truck and, um, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, we'll belabor the point. I was reading in Romans chapter 8, and here's what it says. And he's, he's speaking about tragedies, and Paul is, and he's speaking about difficult times and overwhelming disasters. And he says, the whole world is groaning as if in childbirth. I was there <laughs> when the twins were born, and there was a lot of groaning going on. I remember. In fact, she doesn't remember. I remember, but she doesn't remember. I think that's a good arrangement, actually. Uh, as she was getting ready to go induce and deliver the, the two babies, uh, the anesthesiologist was called away on a, quote, emergency, unquote. So they had already induced her, and then he leaves. And she's not a happy camper. And I can't exaggerate that. So finally, she says, where's the nurse? And I said, well, I'll get her. Nurse came in. She says, yes, honey, can I help you? Where's the anesthesiologist? Well, he got called away in an emergency, and she looked and said, what do you think I am? 
well, she was groaning in childbirth. And he says, the creation waits in eager expectations for the children of God to be revealed. So there is an end to this, and we know that the end of that, hopefully, is his child and how wonderful and glorious that is. We know they are gifts from God. Uh, uh, Moses says in Exodus, I heard the groaning of my people. And I think we can hear it if we'll stop and listen for a while on so many levels that it divides description. Psalm 12, 5, because of the oppression of the weak and the groaning of the needy, I will now arise. I will protect from those who malign them. We need some protection. We need some encouragement. We need some comfort. And thank God he offers some. Your scripture for today is in, is in 2 Corinthians. I, I felt so powerfully strong about this particular section of scripture that it is the heading and the beginning of, of the chapter in my original book called 90 Minutes in Heaven. The name of the chapter is The New Normal. And this is what it begins with. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. With the comfort that we, which we have ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for our, our, your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and your salvation, and our hope for you is steadfast. Because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you partake of the consolation. You may not feel comforted right now. I know I've been in situations where I didn't. And I promise you, some of the people that I was with last week don't feel comforted. They're not there yet. I don't know when they will be there. It's different for different people, but I can assure you they're trying. This church here uh, sent $10,000 over there to the association to try to minister to those people, for which they're very grateful. That's one of the first things they said to me, knowing that I was a member of this church. They were very grateful. People from all over the world are sending things. People from all over the world are sending prayers. People from all over the world are sympathetic and try to be empathetic. Here's an interesting fact. The pastor who asked me to come over there, the pastor of Reagan Wells Baptist Church, was the pastor of the Baptist Church in Santa Fe, Texas, before he moved there. So he was there for that shooting at the school. So he's been through this twice now in his ministry. Where was God when all this was going on? Where was God in the midst of all the stuff we're enduring now? Jeremiah said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Now, that's a whole other story about what's going on in the country right now because God knows us before we're born 
And God knew these children. God knew these teachers. God knew who they were, and he loved them before they were even born. And he doesn't stop loving them before, because of anything that's happening here. He continues to love them. Matthew 19, 14, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Of course it does. And it belongs to them now. We're sitting here having eaten a nice lunch and, and I'm bringing up the subject of a lot of difficult things that are happening to us all right now. But the reality of it is those in the Lord whose lives were taken that day are absent from the body and presence of the Lord. They're having the best time, truly, I assure you. But they've left a lot of heartbreak behind and a lot of difficult things. Most of us are parents, many of us are, and we can only imagine what that is like. While we're sitting here right now, my daughter is at MD Anderson Hospital undergoing tests. She's my little girl. I, I get it. I want to say that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. Many of you have been through heartbreaks and difficulties. You've lost loved ones. But in this verse, it says he's the father of mercies. Now, it's interesting here that it doesn't say he's the God of mercy. It says he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So fathers used twice here on purpose because it's trying to tell us that when we get in these kind of situations, God really becomes the Father. And interestingly enough, the name that was given to the Holy Spirit was Comforter because God knew we would need it. So... Comfort is what God offers us an encouragement for another day. And that's what's happening here. The Father of mercies. And notice that mercies is plural because he knew we would need many mercies as life went on. Many of you have seen wonderful things. You've experienced great, great joy and exciting things and things that were almost too, too beautiful and wonderful for words. But on the other hand, there have been some, and I know many of you, there's just been some really difficult, painful experiences. And here you are. I mean, you remain here. Do the scars go away? No, I've got scars all over me. But it's on the inside, really, that matters. God is a comforter. The God of all comfort, it says. All comfort. And that would imply that if we don't get it, it's because we don't want it or we don't accept it and God wants to give it to us. Many have been crushed beneath the weight of something so heavy they don't even have the words for. But God did not leave us. We don't go through a single trial or moment by ourselves if we're honest about it. God is there. God remains. God is immutable. God cares. He is the Father of all comfort. He is the Father of mercy. And we need mercy sometimes. Yes, we need comfort. We need answers. And the truth is, answers may come in the fullness of time, but they won't change anything as far as what happened and how we respond to it. Isaiah 51, 12. I, even I, now that's a really emphasis. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die 
and the Son of Man who will be made like grass. In other words, your enemy and then the enemy, the son of your enemy. I am the comforter, he says. And through his son, Jesus, he knew suffering. And there's a parallel here that says, you know the suffering of Jesus, you know the story of Jesus, and you know the outcome of that. And the truth is, if you know Christ, you have the same outcome. We know how this ends. We don't need to be in a hurry for it to end. Sometimes it seems like it's closer to the end than others. It does. We'll all go through trials. The suffering of Christ abounds in us, and he understands. Going through trials is a part of being a Christian. It really is. I mean, he's talking to the church of Corinth, and they went through lots of trials. So he's addressing those trials, and he says, if you're in Christ, you will overcome this. No trials too great, no pressure too heavy, that God cannot match them with the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has borne every trial and every suffering for us. He has. Where are God's people in a time of crisis? I can tell you from last week, a lot of them are in Uvalde, and they're staying the Ministerial Association is open 24 hours a day over there. The day all this happened, they were at the Civic Center of the City Hall down, and that's where all the parents went, and the, and the Ministerial Alliance of Uvalde were the ones that took the news into the parents to tell them what was going on. And they haven't stopped. So many people have done so many things. You know why? They're obedient. They're comforting those people with the comfort that they have received. And that's what we need, the comfort. What can we do for other people? We could pray for them. You know that. And I know that many of you have been praying for the people over there, and Lord knows they need prayer. You can support them, some financial needs over there. People are never going to be the same that way. Many of them didn't have a whole lot to start with. And so this has been an incredible trial for them. Here's what I think we can do most of all. Pray for revival in this country. Amen. That God will give us a special visitation. That it'll be a remarkable time. Take advantage of this many dark days that we're experiencing. And that God can cause a revival here. And it will start with us. Revival always does. I was speaking in a little town. Now, I'm not making this up in Virginia called Bumpus, Bumpus, Virginia. Speaking to a community church there, I spoke three nights, and I was signing books in the lobby and meeting people, and some of the people down the line were crying, like a whole gaggle of people are crying before they ever got to the table. Many times I deal with crying people, but they're crying before they even got there. So I'm wondering, what is going on down there? So they finally made their way here, and the first one introduced the crying group. I am one of the parents of the students that were killed at Virginia Tech, 32 of them. That's the gateway to Virginia Tech University. They talked about their kids, 32, and how much they loved them and how wonderful they were. They showed pictures. And here's what they were crying about. Listen to this. They had gotten together, these parents, and they decided that they were going to form a group 
to make a foundation to raise money to send students to Virginia Tech University who could not afford to go there in the name of their kids. Comfort others with the comfort that we have received. I haven't forgotten those people. That was in 2007. And then there was Uvalde. It's not what happens to us, it's what we do with it. And I want to encourage you to comfort others with the comfort that God has given us. They need it, and you need to do it. God bless you as you do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for our time together. I do pray for the people of Uvalde right now. I pray for the folks in San Antonio that are dealing with that catastrophic issue over there. I'm sure a lot of those people probably didn't have identity on them. They've got families. It, it's, just, it's just beyond heartbreaking and overwhelming some of the things we're dealing with right now. We certainly need wisdom to know what to do that would please you. But we also need courage and strength to help other people. So often we turn inward in times like these and we end up kind of feeling sorry for ourselves. And the truth is when we help others, we're not thinking about that. We're thinking about them. So God help us comfort others with the comfort that you have given us. We pray in the name of the great physician, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.